Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Happy Tuesday. What's up, pals? Welcome. How you doing, Rainy? I'm good. I'm back. Yay. I'm back. We were in Mexico. I I was. I was in Mexico. Watched my friends get married. It was beautiful. It was great it was so nice to be away and like traveling and just so happy to like see all my friends and not like drinking at the resort and it was nice (laughs) to just be like celebrating love you know after two years of like not being able to see each other you know right these are friends from calgary too right yeah 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 yay it was really nice and now i'm back and uh i'm not gonna lie cold weather is not a for me. I'm already planning my like <laughs> next um, tropical vacation. Love that. Love that. But yeah, it was good. It was How was your week? Boring. Yeah. Partner, partner got sick. So I didn't get to see, didn't get to see him for like a week and you guys were gone. So I know <laughs> <laughs> I literally just worked and hung out at home and bothered the cats and Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're back now. It's all good. Yeah, we're back. Um, this week we have Joanne Baker. Joanne Baker. Oh my gosh, blast from the past! What a blast from the past! <laughs> Joanne uh, used to be a professor of both of ours in different classes at the University she never taught of Calgary. No, you don't think so? No, she oh. like subbed maybe, but she. I think she only taught you. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was my first year, first semester contemporary instructor wild wild I just like think about like who I was probably during that semester and I am so sorry Joanne yeah (laughs) (laughs) no I think it's interesting though because like I didn't even know that she taught you contemporary and that's crazy I honestly I forgot that it was contemporary and I assumed she had taught a jazz class because well her um work is all in jazz so and that's also what we talk about on the show jazz 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 it's a really like heavy jazz conversation which is really interesting yeah performing arts are back oh yeah a little bit are they who knows the ballet opened this weekend right which i guess is a step in the right direction for live performing arts yeah i looked at going and tickets were unbelievably expensive so (laughs) oh really yeah i was like i asked um rob if he wanted to go i have seen angels and atlas before it's uh crystal pike's work with the national ballet yeah it's actually the last thing i saw before we went into lockdown the first time for my birthday two three years ago wow yeah and i was like but the program is different the other there was like um the the other piece of work and there was a short film which were different than last time i saw it but i was like oh i'd see angels and atlas again it's it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and i (laughs) was explaining to rob that it i was like do you know who crystal pite is he was like no i was like she is like the beyonce of the canadian contemporary dance world he was like (laughs) the most specific thing you've ever said about someone i was like it's true though I feel like this happened. We've talked about this before, how she is the Beyonce. Yeah, she is. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But tickets were unre- unbelievably expensive, like at like minimum $100 per seat yeah. for the fucking like fifth balcony. The shitty ones. Yeah. Obstructed view. Ugh. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> so we didn't go. And I don't know if they're running those like programs that they used to run where it's um, like the Kata, the Kata or the like Kata the stuff. artists. Yeah. Or like you're an artist like arts worker tickets or like rush tickets I didn't 
and it didn't look that hard, but I was like, if regular tickets are a minimum of a hundred dollars, I don't think rush tickets, they're still going to be at least $50. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so there's also other stuff coming back. Like Mervish is back. Right. Yeah. Have they opened yet or not yet, but not yet. I, I mean, there's so many things are coming back. Yeah. Things are coming back. So that's exciting. Yeah. Listen to this interview. It's really interesting. Joanne's the best. She's, yeah, she's great. So fun to talk to and such like intellectual conversation about dance, which uh, I think we don't get to have all the time, mm-hmm. you know, very philosophical. Wow. Very. I don't think that was a word. <laughs> no, but I'm just going to leave it. It's just okay. going to stay it's, there. It's just, is that uh, a new, did we just define that? <laughs> yes. Webster's dictionary defines philosophical. Oh, <laughs> uh, absurd. Um, but as always, if you want to watch this interview instead of just listen, you can find that video only on our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. Yeah, go to our Patreon. Woohoo. Get it going. All the money goes right back into the podcast, not into our pockets. Yeah. Right back into the show. We're going to keep the show free as possible. Yes, exactly. And just like a casual, friendly reminder that being an artist is fucking killing me has continued over the past two months of, of COVID. So two years. if you want to donate to something, yes, you can donate to the National Ballet that has thousands and thousands and millions and millions of dollars. Or you and can gets donate grants. To, yeah, and gets grants. Or you can donate to lit, little indie artists who are trying their best to give back to the community. Yeah, well said. Here we go. <laughs> My name is Joanne Baker. I'm currently on contract with Decidely Jazz Dance Works as the Arts and Education Coordinator and Dance School Principal. Recent transplant into the GTA, where I'm navigating my way through the dance community. Have some water. Do you need more coffee or anything? No, I'm good. good. I'm at my max of the day. Mm. Oh, you have a max? <laughs> oh, yeah. How much is it? Can I Because yeah. I asked someone this one time thinking that their max would be like six cups. And they were like, oh, God. Two. Two. And I was like. I'm drinking too much coffee. It's like what I noticed about that. Yeah. And it's also, it's like one, right? So no, it's like one o'clock. So I would prefer to sleep tonight. So yeah. (laughs) Is that even when you were teaching at nights though, you would stop drinking coffee at one? No, I'm old though. Like I'm old. So like, right. Yeah. So you would just be like one o'clock here. Oh yeah. I'm, I found that if it goes anywhere past like three is pushing it. Right. But yeah, like 3 p.m. or 3. Yeah, 3 p.m. So I have like a cup and a half in the morning and then that's usually it. Wow. And I just don't crave it. I don't need it. I'd rather have a Coke than a coffee. Really? Mm -hmm. Sugar. Well, sugar, a little caffeine, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was listening (laughs) to this really crazy podcast about how Coke actually gets their caffeine in their products and it's not coffee. It's synthetically made. And guess who it's synthetically made by? Monsanto. Who's that? See, bring on the this... genetically modified <laughs> shit. Let's bring it on. And one sentence, Don't ruin Coke sorry. for me. Yes. She just told me she, like, she'd rather have Coke. I just thought it was really interesting. And before Monsanto was a seed and fertilizer company, mm-hmm. or before they made Roundup, they were actually uh, only contracted by Coke to make synthetic caffeine because they had such a demand for caffeine in their, all of their products. Hey, let's just think about the the genesis of Coke with actual cocaine in it. So true, right? Yeah, I feel right. It's not like an urban legend. It's an urban legend. It's real. 
Really? Yes. <laughs> and they tried to change the formula without it, without the cocoa leaf in it, uh -huh. in like the 80s. And they had a huge backlash. They pulled all of their products. They put the new Coke out. It went terribly. Oh, it was it horrendous. I was alive. <laughs> I had the new Coke. So they've changed it again since then. They've changed it back. It went back. Yeah. To classic oh, Coke. Yeah. Oh. But also, like, the interesting thing is the cocoa leaf, which is, like, a very normal drink in Peru and South America. Like, it's like a tea or a coffee. Cocoa leaf tea. It's right. not, like, cocaine. Like, yeah. like <laughs> Nobody's getting high. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, like, and it's so normalized in Peru. Right. And it's just, like because of the trade laws in the United States, literally the only company that can bring it into the United States is Coca-Cola. Right. And they've just like demonstratized the trade for Peru. Guys, capitalism. <laughs> Tell I mean, no, a monopoly really. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was asking cause I wake up and I do like admin work or do like self tapes in the morning and I have a cup of coffee. But then before I go teach for like four or five hours, I'm like, I need more coffee. So I try and like, do you though? I or think is it I, habitual now? Well, I, I, even if I don't need it, I would like to have one before it as like a brain pick me up. And it's like depriving my brain of things that I want is also the thing that I like don't love. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Just try a little herbal tea one day. See if it makes any difference. Yeah. Maybe it's just like you said, I a, should listen a to habit you. of a hot yeah. something. Right? Yeah, totally. And I should listen anyway. to you because you've taught for many years. <laughs> How long have you been with DJD for? Um, oh my gosh. Well, I, I became a student at DJD in 1992. Wow. Right after I graduated University of Waterloo, I had got my dance degree, moved back home. They had a dance program. At they, uh, so I graduated in 92 and the class that came in that fall yeah. was the last class. Oh. So four years later, it it was done. Wow! So that's why you don't that's know right. that it had one. Mm -hmm. and it was a shame because it had a very distinct focus that you could take comparatively to other university programs in the country, right? So it, it you very much stylistically. No, not stylistically. Just literal literal focus. So mm -hmm. you could do a, like I was in the teaching stream. Got you it. could do a notation in history stream hmm. versus a Ryerson, which was very performative. Yes. York was very contemporary um, aesthetically, right? So we did our ballet, we did our yeah. modern dance. Um, but that, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was really a shame because of that. The, the erasure of kind of breeding new dance teachers yeah because there's a they had a and i think the school still exists but they had a dance school that ran in the university's facility mm -hmm. and we got as student teachers we had an opportunity to teach those kids oh, wow. so our courses were designated to okay joanne you are teaching this group of kids right show me your lesson plans mm -hmm. show me how you you are going from a to b to c to d in that particular technical element or art mm -hmm. you know emotional concept or whatever show me how you're going to do that in your lesson plans and then okay now go do it right so that was really wonderful because it wasn't just yeah. this the theory of teaching right. it was actually the practice of teaching and it wasn't so, just like one course that was like 
trying to con no condense all say. of a teaching degree into one course, which yeah. is like what a lot of programs but, do. Well, it, like the University of Calgary did. It was like yeah. there was one pedagogy class, right? I think so. I only remember taking one. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Not that I'm a, totally versed on all the courses there, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was too bad that it uh, that it folded. It it really, I thought, it was a really sound um, program and great opportunities for those of us. And I don't think there's really it. anything like that for dance anymore. No, and that, in Canada at least. That certainly was yeah. sort of why I was sad to hear that it had mm -hmm. stopped because it was such a unique way of educating. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, and then I was back home in Calgary after that, which I kind of thought I'd never do. Mm. Sort of as I was going through university and kind of making the trips into the city and taking yeah. classes every once in a while, not very often, I didn't have a didn't have a car or anything, so it was a once in a blue moon that I would make it into the city. Yeah. Um, but I just never thought that I would ever go back home because what was there for me, look at Toronto, it's going to be amazing. Right. And then as I'm sure you two know, all of a sudden your school's done. <laughs> Where did those four years go? And I wasn't ready to kind of make a life. Right. And so I just sort of probably out of fear and anxiety just went home for familiarity and grounding. Yeah. Just to kind of go, okay, now what's next? I mean, Toronto's not going anywhere. Right. But let me just go home. Let me get all my stuff home. Mm. And then I just, I just was okay to not go back. Um, so then I started taking classes at DJD, right. um, and then a year later, um, I auditioned and was hired as an apprentice, mm -hmm. and then stayed until, so that was 93, and then stayed until 1999, um, and then I got married, and I moved to Yellowknife. <laughs> I didn't know that. As one does. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so Whoa. yeah, so my husband was working for um, a diamond mine company, mm -hmm. um, and diamonds are in the north. So he was positioned in Calgary initially, and then he moved up to Yellowknife right. to work in that office, and then eventually I moved up, um, mm -hmm. and we were there for a couple of years. And, and it really came, to be honest with you, like it came at a really good time. I was dealing with a huge back injury oh, okay. that was very clear that I needed to stop dancing right. and I think it would have been harder to stay in Calgary and not dance versus yeah. move away right and it's like but I can't right I can't dance because there is nothing here so I will find new things in my life so yeah. right so yeah the FOMO is like not as real yeah right? it's not Absolutely. in your face like yeah. here <laughs> you know yeah yeah and then um Mike's schedule changed my husband's schedule changed and he was more on a, a two and two so he would go up to the actual mine site for two weeks and then be back in Yellowknife for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of got a little bit selfish, I would say, and just kind of said, well, if I have to be by myself for two weeks. And you weren't, you didn't have kids at this time, right? No, no kids at this time. Right. Um, yeah, so if I'm gonna be home by myself, just sort of living a life for two weeks by myself, I kind of don't want to be here. I kind of want to be where I can continue in just a different capacity. Right. Um, whether it was DJD or whether it was something else in the Calgary yeah. scene, um, that's where I would have, I wanted to sort of be if that was kind of what was going to be happening. So we tried that for a while, um, and then it just became too much. Probably, to be fair to him, it was too much in the way of having to get all the way south. Mm -hmm. 
I think that the two and two was also just hard period. Yeah. It's challenging to work straight and be uh, away from your home life for that much time. Mm-hmm. At least for us, it was. So, um, yeah, I think to be fair, the hard part was having to come all the way down to Calgary for my happiness, but yeah. um, it was just generally hard. So then he transitioned into a different work environment, mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of where he stayed until the pandemic. So. Right. Yeah. And so you moved back to Calgary and then started working in like as an, as an administration? Yeah. So I uh, came back and was uh, Vicky, Vicky's assistant. So okay. Vicky Adams-Willis, who is now titled our founder in residence. Right. But at that time would have been dubbed the artistic director and a co-founder it's of DJD. She was at Ryerson too, right? No, that's Vicky St. Denis. That's where I get confused. Different Sorry. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, although also from Alberta. Yeah, so I know. There yeah. you go. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I became Vicky's assistant. Yeah. Um, and then also was the dance school principal. So I came and was came in and, and sort of which was held by Michelle, Michelle Moss. Yeah. Um, but shortly before I kind of came back, she had transitioned away from the organization. Um, And so there was a need for a support person to be there for the dance school manager, Mm -hmm. but to be more kind of on that artistic side and ensuring that those who are hired are maintaining the artistic integrity of the organization, um, whether it's within a jazz context or a tap context or a ballet context, right? right? Just making sure that the level of instruction is quality and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was a need. So yeah, so I kind of moved into those two roles. Um, and then, so that would have been in 2001 Mm -hmm. that I transitioned into that. And then in 2004, um, I had our first son. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was when I relinquished my company role mm-hmm. and just maintained the school role okay. because that was something that I could maintain well as a remote mom yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. phone calls emails the odd um the odd visit down to the studios to teach or mm-hmm. to have a meeting um, and then we also added the arts and education coordinator role mm-hmm. so that was our administrating any outreach that we were doing into the community at large, I suppose, but also more specifically schools. So organizing workshops and yeah. residencies, the school tour, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, so those two roles I still hold now. So, um, yeah. Wow. So it's been a been a while. Do you do you think that you're t- like because you've spent I mean such a, like a career with the same company, which is almost oh, like twenty years, twenty to two years. You said right. No, that's I your, think it's more. Yeah. Oh my God. Do your math. 30. Almost 30 years. Yeah. Which is almost like unheard of for like dancers or like people that are in work in the arts because you often are moving to different companies or moving to different organizations. Well, we do call it a cult. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we heard that? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and we joke and I think, I mean, of course it's not a cult, but there is something... Yeah, you're right. It is yeah. very unheard of in the arts and, you know, the arts world yeah. to kind of maintain oneself at one place. Yeah. Um, and quite often my husband would say to me, he said, well, like, what's your growth? What, like, what's, 
where are you going with this? How are you like, getting better? Step? Yeah. And I said, but it's different every day. Yeah. So it's not, it's not as if I'm doing the exact same thing every single day, right? week to week, year to year. It really is new dynamics of people. Course, yeah. right people are different every single day and even if it's the, the same person yeah you yes, know it could yeah. be the same person but the evolution of that person will shift things and yeah, how totally. I've dealt with them and whether that's a dancer a teacher um uh, somebody at a, a high school that I've known mm -hmm. for years maybe their program is shifting and then now all of a sudden what we did two years ago won't fly. So it's like, oh, okay, so let's yeah. figure out where we can go with this. Mm -hmm. How can we maintain this relationship? Oh, we can't? Okay, well, that was awesome. Yeah. We tried. Yeah. Right? And so, so although, yes, I have held the same roles, you know, my current ones, um, and yes, there are, of course, days that I do question, why am I, why am I still here? Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to do this again. Blah. Mm -hmm. But that's, everybody has that, right? Mm -hmm. um, yep. I, I still very much believe in what, yeah. in what the organization stands for and is doing. And, you know, so it, it, cult doesn't have to be a bad thing. No, no. Sometimes cult <laughs> is just what people, people use when cult. they're really passionate about something. Yeah, and right? I think, so, you yeah. know, yeah. So, yes, I am still there. Um, I've had many hats, as all people who yeah. typically work there do, because... We are an arts organization, yeah. so you do need to have do you think, multi facets to your yeah. do you your think job. That being there for so long was like a happenstance situation, like one thing rolled into one thing, and then you got comfortable, and then you kept going, and then it kind of happened by accident, or was it something that in your first couple of years you decided you wanted to be a part of that company and help with the growth in those first few? When I was a dancer, I just wanted to be a dancer, right? Mm -hmm. And then I started teaching more regularly mm -hmm. both there as well as uh, other studios in the city yeah so I certainly knew that I had a passion for teaching mm -hmm. but certainly in in my I would say in my entire stage career that's just where my focus was right. that I didn't right I didn't really kind of think oh well I want to do what Michelle's doing one day yeah oh I think I'd be good at that I can't honestly say that that was what I was going through, but mm -hmm. I think as I've learned, that's what Vicky was going through. She was kind of thinking, oh, I can see how she is sort of her place in the company mm -hmm. and where her organizational brain is and how her passion intersects with that brain. Mm -hmm. So where can, where can we guide her? within the organization because Guide she's her speaking about you about me yeah yeah so yeah. where where can we where can joanne go here where can right. she interesting go inside of this organization because our mandate is unique as every single dance company's mandate is unique to them mm -hmm. so it can be challenging right. to bring people in from the outside specifically in, I believe, in an artistic role, right? So as I said, like my role mm -hmm. within the dance school was the artistic side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You do the numbers, Mrs. Manager. I will think about sort of the passion and the artisticness and the integrity of the product that we are creating. And mm -hmm. you're going to make sure that we're balancing right. out, right? Right. Um, and so 
that can be challenging to bring an outsider in mm -hmm. to that role. Right. Not that it's impossible, but I think they're not as familiar with it. As they're you not as are. familiar. They yeah. don't understand. Totally. And sure, you can right. read the history of the organization and the company and all the things, but it still doesn't provide you with that same the years that you have yeah, like to learn. Yeah, experience right. guides you to a greater understanding of, of the direction that, that things are going. And so I do think that Vicky really, that, that's a, in the artistic roles, that is definitely a way that the company has continued to provide opportunities. Right. Um, Unfortunately, there are only so many artistic roles within the organization. And right. so not everybody has that same. And I feel very, very grateful mm -hmm. that I was at a time that that was allowed for me mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and I think that now that I'm still sitting here across the country, is it right that I'm still doing it? And as I said mm -hmm. earlier, mm -hmm. The pandemic has created a need for me to stay, mm -hmm. but at some point, this will need to stop, right? Well, and so there will there will need because I don't, I I personally don't firmly believe that it's what's best for the position for the organization. Yes, I will always be involved. I've told them that countless times. Even even when you know we thought, well, you know, in nine months when the pandemic is over, <laughs> well. then you know we'll find somebody, right? But, right. Um, because I, I truly believe that the the role needs somebody to be there. Well, especially if it's an outreach in terms of education, you want people that are in, going into the schools and yeah speaking. to create those yeah. opportunities and relationships and, and, relationships and yeah. things like that for sure. Right. So you know, I mean, I think that my roles won't be mine forever, and I will be an active participant in that. Right. But that being said, now that I am in Ontario, how can I potentially represent DJD here? Oh, yeah, um, totally. I still obviously want to represent myself because right. I would like to be not just Joanne Baker of DJD. I would like mm -hmm. to be just Joanne Baker mm -hmm. um, and kind of provide opportunities for myself in that capacity, right. which... Of course, DJD is very supportive of. Yeah. But I think that it just makes sense kind of to create what has been missing for so many years. You know, I mean, we come out to Toronto, we go out to Vancouver, Victoria, Halifax, Winnipeg, everywhere in between. We go to these places and for workshops and, and performances when we were doing more touring. Yeah. And auditioning, right? And auditioning. Yeah. And people say... Well, do you have do you have a studio in Toronto or do you have a studio in Edmonton? Do you have a studio? Mm. And no, we don't. And uh, but by no means am I saying we're going to create a space right here. Right, right. Lord, let me just like literally like everyone who's listening just eyes went back. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but is there opportunity to to for me to go into schools, for me to do workshops right. at studios, for right. me to teach within the community which i've started doing now and and that kind of thing so that's mm -hmm. that's where i think the direction of my role with the company and the organization is is to see okay so how do we transplant some of the activity that joanne was a part of in the building of x how do we move that east yeah and and how how does that impact 
the Ontario dance community, the Toronto dance community, further east, mm -hmm. slightly west, like how, totally. how is that possible? So, right. so I think that's the next, that'll yeah. be the next step within the, within the. I have a question about, um, I, um, because you just mentioned, I want to be Joanne Baker, not just Joanne Baker of DJD. Is that like an identity thing you've struggled with before? Uh, no, because mm -hmm. you, in Calgary, you couldn't, I couldn't escape it. Right. Right. You're so embedded in the community. Yeah, it's so embedded. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and I hope it doesn't sound like I, I don't want to be that. No, not at all. Right. I think that this, our family moving here is a new chapter for all of us in mm -hmm. the family. Right. And so, so yeah, wouldn't it be kind of interesting to feel what that is like to yeah. be just Joanne Baker? Mm -hmm. I actually had a glimmer of that when Mike and I moved to Yellowknife because nobody knew I was a dancer. Right. Right. Nobody knew anything about me, which was amazing, <laughs> right? Because you, I mean, we all have in, mm -hmm. in our communities that we, that we are a part of, people have ways that they think of you, mm -hmm. totally. right? Mm -hmm. And so good or bad, Right. And so it was really just lovely um, to move up north to just be this person that people were meeting for the first time with no preconceived ideas about anything. And the interesting thing was, is that I moved up as Joanne Baker, whereas I left being Joanne Irving because mm. I just got married and I did take wow. my husband's name. And so so that was super interesting. Yeah. Nobody knew who Joanne Irving was period, the end, right? <laughs> and so that was really kind of fun. Nobody, I didn't have to, you know, when, cause this is when I used to go out dancing, but nobody kind of was waiting for me to go hit the dance floor and like to see how I would dance, <laughs> right? It's, right. Just got to be me, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm, totally, yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel that that is a little bit um, of just something that I would, yeah, I would enjoy experiencing again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, to just sort of be that person that, and let's be clear, DJD will be a part of me in whenever I teach a jazz class. Right. They totally. have made me, you know, the the jazz person that I am today, mm -hmm. and so I would never not speak about them. So whether or not it's right. in the description or whether or not it's in you know sort of my title. It will be a part. Well, it's rooted in you yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, you spoke a little bit about, like, I mean, kind of joked about, about, like, the cultiness of, like, companies can be. It's just interesting to me how does, and maybe they don't deal with it at all, but, like, about the negative connotation of cultiness in the company, is that something they even address within, like, the administration, or do you not even think about it? It's tricky for me to talk about specifically the company dynamics Sorry. now, maybe more only less, because less, I'm not right. really a part of the company and right. haven't been for for quite some time. Right. Um, but as far as organizationally, yeah. I mean, it is really just something that we just joke about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that companies can be very cultish. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know that in my time with the company, you know, we just we we lived and breathed together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that is just sort of the nature of the beast. Being close together too. Absolutely. You know? like every, yeah. Yeah. Some so of us lived fun. together, some yeah. of us, you know, and so we just, mm -hmm. some, some of us taught on the same night as, as each other at DJD. Totally. Some of us went out and did other, other teaching, but 
Yeah. So, I mean, when you spend that much time together, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it can become very much like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that that there can be some really amazing things about that and, and, you know, the community that you build and the family that you totally. build within that. Yeah. But like any good family, there's fights, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> disagreements, right. evolutions. Totally. Right. And so I think that those are just natural those are just natural um, to kind of happen within any sort of group dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people evolve. Um, yeah. New influences come in. New people come into yeah. the company and change chemistry. a dynamic yeah. and, and chemistry. Yeah. Um, so that can, that's, that's tricky. That's yeah. tricky to kind of navigate on, on all fronts, whether it be administrative, whether it be artistic mm-hmm. heads, whether it be the dancers totally. of just like, whoa, what is, what's, how are we all dealing with this? Mm. Is it always talked about? Again, in my time, I sometimes feel <laughs> when my, when my contemporaries and I kind of think back to our, our time in the company, Reminisce. <laughs> I often think that I was, I often ask, was I there? Oh. <laughs> I feel that about university all the time. I'm like, I, she'll tell stories and I'll be like, I don't remember. Seriously. So, you but know, you'll, you'll do the same thing. You'll tell me a story and I'll be like, I don't remember being in that class. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there are times that I do kind of go, maybe I was just so self-absorbed that I didn't really notice Actually, anything though. or I was so busy. I mean, I was not only dancing nine to five, Monday to Friday, I was teaching three nights a week and all day Saturday. So I, of all of us in that time period, I probably was the last person mm. to be hanging out with because it was like <laughs> 501. Okay. I got to drive across the, the country, not the country, the city <laughs> to go <laughs> basically, um, you know, basically up to Red Deer to go teach. Right. right. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I joke about the fact that I'm like, was I actually there? I don't really remember any of these conversations, mm-hmm. But I know that they would happen for sure. I mean, so whether or not I was a part of them and just blanked it out or I literally wasn't a part of them, of course they were there. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I think every every company has to figure out how they navigate the negative. Mm -hmm. Um, And and is it something that we have to come together as a as a unit to work our way through? Is it something that just needs to be dealt with? as kind of that single element, Mm. um, whatever the element is, whether it's a person, whether it's a policy, whether it's a procedure, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to kind of deal with it and it's not always going to be right or comfy or totally right. So I think it's just, Mm. yeah. Yeah. I wonder just like listening to how involved you were with DJD, how did you start to balance both an institution like the university of Calgary and DJD. Did you teach in the University of Calgary? I was a sessional. Sessional. Yeah. So I was able to kind of separate the two, to be honest, because I rarely actually was asked to come in and teach jazz. Right. Because I know. Yeah. What did you teach there? Teaching? Uh, The contemporary. Oh, I I was like, for sure thought you taught a jazz, like one of my jazz classes. I may have come in for a workshop or two, but as far as any sort of sessional time I was only ever teaching the, in the contemporary aesthetic 
Um, I, I, I never taught an actual jazz course. Um, definitely went in hmm. as a guest artist, yeah. workshopped a yeah, couple yeah. of times, but, but never September to December. That was only ever, um, I only ever did that within the, within the contemporary context. Wow. So I was your contemporary teacher, Corinne. Okay. Were you actually? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Your first what year? First, first semester. Year. First year, first semester. Where was I? We weren't in the same year. You were a year ahead of me. I know, but where? But it's just weird. That, <laughs> I feel like they always mix the classes. So it's just weird. But not first know, years. First year is too big. Yeah. Mm. And there's like a lot going on, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like this all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's trying to hold on to their world from their little studios. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want to be, do I really want to be here? Do I not want to be here? I don't like what I'm learning. I don't like, well, talking about cult. I mean, I completely understand. <laughs> it's hard to drink the punch of a contemporary dance program early in that first year. So, like it's, you got to well, drink that it, punch and you got to just let go. <laughs> well, and it was always so funny because I always forget how old I am. And, and, <laughs> and so I would often think, Oh, it's made it up. I know what they're going through. I totally know what they're going through because it was only a few years ago that I myself yeah. were in those shoes. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's been 10 years, Joanne, or, oh, it's been 15 years, Joanne, or, yeah. hey, by the way, you know, my first year friends from my university, we celebrated knowing each other for 30 years, three years ago. Wow. That's how old I am, y'all. Um, yeah. So, um, I remember, I remember that first year and just, and just trying to help under, help everybody understand yeah. that yes, you might have been that big fish in the little pool and now you are in the complete opposite situation, but it's okay, yeah. right? We're not asking you to completely reinvent yourself. We're right. just asking you to keep what you know, put it in your back pocket, leave it there for just a minute. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're just, this is all we're asking you, right? Mm -hmm. But it's hard. You know, it's also like a hard transition. Oh I, God. I remember like a was the first time I lived on my own. B I was 18 coming from a town of like a thousand people was the first time I had any like autonomy over myself or an amenity in the community. Absolutely. Saying, like you were just talking about yeah. yellow knife and I was like, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And just, yeah, you know, no, it's, that. it's a mm -hmm. huge, it's a huge. I was actually, this morning, I was thinking back to our time together, Corinne, and I think, I think the one thing that I, I and I, whether, I think I even said it to you, in fact, um, <laughs> not that I have that great a memory, clearly, but um, I've used it for many more teaching opportunities. And, and it was this whole notion of, of having all of the chatter mm. in your body, Right. And when you just need to focus in, you just got to let go of all the chatter and the physical chatter was mostly what I was thinking I was talking about. But there's also just all of the emotional and mm -hmm. and brain chatter that happens mm. as a young artist. You're trying to be just all the right things. And it's just just shh, yeah. calm it all down. <laughs> it's OK. Yeah. And it's OK to fail. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that's the tricky part, too. I don't know if it necessarily speaks to you, to you specifically, Karim, but so many first year university students have just come off of, you know, winning all of the platinums and golds at competition. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's actually no bar in which you are being judged except for just who you are. 
and you don't actually know who you are because yeah. you've been trained to be like the 12 other persons on the stage with you. Yes. Right? And so now all of a sudden you don't have the security of that mm -hmm. and now you're not being judged with how many fuete turns you did in unison. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now none of this material and vocabulary is familiar at all. Yeah, and there's right? and there's so, not like a curriculum that's being followed by every single teacher because it's like all subjective every art. Every right? session is every session, yeah. every semester is so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is also a yeah. huge shift. Right? Yes, because most teenagers coming into yeah. any dance program, mm -hmm. right? And okay, that's a huge generalization, but let's. I don't think it's far off to say that a good ninety-eight percent of the people who come into a university dance program with a dance background have come from a codified mm -hmm. curriculum syllabus based training. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where it's no, you actually, you're going to do these exercises for five months. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and, and we're not going to stray. You're just gonna, like every single week you're going to come in and you're going to do those exact same exercises. Yeah. And then you go to university and it's not that. So yeah. that's like, what, what do you mean? I yeah. have to, you, you we're not going to do what we did yesterday, but wait, yeah, but I, <laughs> I didn't get it yet. Yeah, you didn't. And that's okay. Yeah. And like, I would say also like most of the students coming in have also been at the same studios for long, their long entire lives. I was at the same studio since I was six years old. Yeah. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's also another like learning curve that you don't always, that no yeah. one, get, that no. not a lot of people get. No, absolutely. It's, it's a, it, it is a, a massive shift. You know, I mean, yeah. those people who are going into math or engineering, there, there is some familiarity in that mm -hmm. you're just going to go in and you're going to do your work, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And it's, it might not be exactly the same as it was in grade 12, but you know that you come in and you have a textbook and there's going to be a teacher and they're going to tell you all the things and you're going to write a test and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And dance is just not like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tricky. Not at all. Yeah. I, something that we've talked about often and we always find it's like interesting just like how you're able like as an instructor to grade in a university arts setting right? yeah and especially because each semester and each instructor is so different yeah and that was definitely something that I struggled with of just sort of figuring out how to how to set a rubric mm -hmm. and I think for me personally it was really being clear at the outset with what the goals of the course were mm -hmm. and then seeing how people um, shifted right. and adjusted adjusted their approach and had fundamental shifts in their practice. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would look for to say, oh, they... I, I see that's different today. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's tricky to look for and see. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. And maybe it happened for those five minutes, but I was too busy looking over here yeah, for those five minutes. And oh, dang it. Now you're done. Yeah. Now you don't have any more shifting. And yeah. So yeah. It, it is, a, it's probably one of the hardest things. And then to certainly for me, not having any sort of consistency of, contract it's not like yes. I did it year after year after year term right. after term right um so I could do my thing but I wasn't necessarily the same as every other faculty member 
Right. Because yeah. you haven't seen the growth from the beginning, nor are you going to see it yeah. past that point. Well, and I don't know, yeah. I don't know what, because I was just sessional, I wasn't involved with faculty meetings or things like that, where right. potentially those things were discussed of, right. okay, let's talk about grading and let's talk about rubrics and, and things like that. So mm -hmm. certainly, I mean, I would have my own conversations mm -hmm. with, with the division lead yeah. and, and mm -hmm. things like that, just to make sure that I wasn't going left of center yeah. um, from, from things. But I, I, I struggled yeah. to figure out what was right for the students. And, mm -hmm. and then too, it's really tricky to kind of, to diminish effort, I know. right? Because you, <laughs> we're all trying, yeah. yes. but you don't you just get an A because you're trying. Yep. That's the truth. And that's yeah. hard yeah. for a student to hear and understand, but I'm trying, I'm trying so hard. Yeah. Yes, I'm you sure are. I and I day. see that. And yeah. it is definitely, it is being considered 100%. Right. But it doesn't rest on all of that. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we can't just churn out dancers with A's if there's well, been have to, zero right. growth. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't. And I mean, this is me speaking in complete theor theoreticals because I'm not a part of a, a post-secondary institution. Right. But it is a business. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to be able to churn out dancers of a certain caliber mm -hmm. that will speak well of your institution and that program. Mm -hmm. Right. Because yeah. There, need, yeah, there needs to be the... Yes, look at how wonderful our training is because look at where our graduates have gone on to. So there's right. the proof that you need that, right? So it doesn't right. necessarily mean that we all like that all institutions have to generate artists who then get hired because that's that's not realistic. It's not yeah. really the dance world that we live in right now. Absolutely. Right. Like yeah. how many companies are there actually? In Canada? Not that many. Right? <laughs> I mean, and that's a very different situation than it was even when I graduated. I mean, right. there were many companies right. and those companies had huge um, company members, right? Like yeah. there was several. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the tricky thing. And yeah. so you can't, as an institution, I don't think you can just kind of allow people to get A's because they tried hard no. yeah. because right. then they're not going to represent the organ, the institution outside of things. Right. And then yeah. what does it serve? Right. Does it serve it? So that's on the institutional side of things. Yes. On the individual side of things, have I actually done my job? If I'm yeah. just saying, you know what, you've tried so hard today. <laughs> that was an amazing effort to this, this, session. Yeah. Good right. for you. You get an A. Yeah. Well, right. but, but that's only part of it. Yeah. You, You're still trying you, hard. You're not hitting the counts though. Yeah. And the counts yeah, seem like to be if, a large portion of what, how I grade you based on musicality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so yeah. that's why I say, you know, yeah. effort is part of the equation, yeah. but it's not the whole equation. No. And sometimes depending on, on, you know, kind of what you come with to that first day, it the growth is massive. Yeah. And sometimes the growth is really subtle. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So in the last session that I did, don't even remember when it was, to be honest with you, <laughs> time has really stood still. Um, you know, I had a, a highly uh, 
highly skilled dancers mm -hmm. alongside of not as skilled dancers. Yes. And so those two have very different rates of growth. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's not always that the highly skilled grows further and faster. Sometimes right. their growth is, is not minute. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't even know if it's the motivation. I think that it's they actually have rested on their training and don't oh. think that they have to. They don't there's understand. Not, they don't know as much for them to learn. They think they think yeah, right. <laughs> they, they think, think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. that part. Yeah, they're like, right. I'm already, I'm already a great dancer. Yeah, I'm already good. It. I'm already I got my advanced RAD exam. Right. I, I yeah. got all of my platinums. I know that I'm good. I've been told that I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they actually might not fully understand how to make the shifts. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas the less skilled. They are just open right. and eager and hungry, willing to try and willing, more importantly, to fail mm. yes. in those efforts. Right. So, so that's hard to, to, to grade. Yeah. Right. Totally. Like that is really hard. I mean, I got used to saying to, on the first day of my classes, okay, you all have a C <laughs> let's see where you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But today you have a C. Mm -hmm. Do because you you should not think that you are starting this course with an A. No. Yeah. Because I also think that so there's also room to grow. Yeah. Like yeah. how and it's deflating to think oh you have an A oh but you ended up with a B minus versus <laughs> well you got a C but look you got a B minus right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. B minus may not be the the end all I mean, be all to you. However, it is, is it a pass. It grew. It, you had you passed These and you grew. Get degrees, so. Corinne. I think we all know that. that you get degrees. <laughs> yeah. We all know that is a. Um, no, that's something I've said before. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, and it's hard. And I know that. I mean, I know that I've had many grumbling students behind my back. I know I have. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I've been told I have have had, <laughs> um, but. I think that they're better dancers because of that. Mm -hmm. totally. You know, I'm not certainly in a university setting. I am not there to make friends. Totally. Right. As an instructor, I am not there to be your friend. No. I'm there to get you to grow. No, totally. And I'm, and, and, and I'm not even there to get you better. I'm there to help you grow. Right. Right. Yes. Like that's and that. And that's me. That's, that's how I, yeah. how I view it. Um, because I think better is just, uh, is the subjectiveness. Yeah. Totally. Right. Like that's totally. so that I try and stay away from betterness, um, and, and think more about growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say that that program is so, um, it, it, it pulls people from like many different levels, first of all, and many different backgrounds, but then it also like will push in which direction it'll, if it'll go because there's like the contemporary aspect of it or the jazz aspect of it. At least that was what was common in our, mm -hmm. in our time there. It would either like push you more towards contemporary and that was okay for you and then, or push you more towards jazz. So you kind of created like a little home for yourself in these pockets within the setting. Right. Okay. So like if maybe if you were like a teaching, a, if you were taking a jazz class, cause it's part of like, you had to take a jazz class, but you were in this contemporary pocket. Maybe you won't like that teacher because you don't hear the same things that you're hearing from over here mm -hmm. and vice versa to the contemporary. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. well, and I think too, it, yeah. the trickiness and I think that this exists in, in yeah. many institutions where 
something like a jazz or a hip hop or those more social slash African-American forms exist, Mm -hmm. they do tend to get pushed to a lesser uh, status than the contemporary and the ballet Right. Oh. And you like, oh, but well, think about it. How many how many contemporary classes did you have to take? Oh, one in terms of quantity, right. In terms of like quantity of classes, I understand what you're saying now. Yes. But is yeah. and what is and why is the quantity higher? Right. Because they would call it a contemporary program and not a just a regular dance. program. Yeah. So yeah, right. and, and then, you know, you just kind of keep asking and why was that? Yeah. Totally. And why was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you offering these courses? Right. Right. Are those courses there just because they're fun yeah right <laughs> right why aren't they viewed in the same capacity totally right now the UFC especially it's consider- a liberal arts degree right let's yes. be clear yeah. right it's a liberal arts degree versus yeah. a Ryerson which is a conservatory program right, right? I mean it's a very different yeah. it's a very different uh mindset and and, and reality really and it's not even education. mindset it's a reality it's an education stream yeah 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 it's mm-hmm. you know and so yeah you are getting all walks of life mm-hmm coming into that program versus a conservatory program, which has a standard of which you must meet. And that has been dictated by those that make the decisions. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's tricky, right? It's tricky to kind of, to kind of look at all of the programs that exist in our country with the same Mm -hmm. set of glasses because they really are so different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, rights or wrongs, Yeah. you know, and, and that's like another fact, there's not that many dance in, in like academic no. institutions in Canada. So the few that we have are so different and they produce such different dancers. Yeah. Like because of their because of what their what their trajectories are, right? Totally. So. Right. But when you would teach or because you were part part oh my gosh, speak rainy. When you were <laughs> you were part of the education stream at DJD. The dancers coming into that were obviously also at a very different point than at a university because they were coming in from a university program like Ryerson or like University of That Calgary. was always our hope. It was yeah. not always the reality. Totally. Right? So, yeah. So, you're talking about the training program? The training program. Yeah. Sorry, so, yeah. yeah. So, the, the training program, so it evolved mm-hmm. from what we called our scholarship program. Okay. 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 And so, our scholarship program was obviously given to dancers to dance on scholarship Mm -hmm. in our evening classes because we saw potential. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We see that you've got a little something there. Mm -hmm. We'd like to see where that goes. Right, right. And then it sort of built Jamie. um, Jamie Freeman Cormack was sort of the head of that. Mm -hmm. Um, She was a contemporary of me and Kim and Sarisa and... Natalie and that was we were sort of that mm-hmm. little that era of uh, company dancers and mm-hmm. so so Jamie sort of took on the scholarship program because mm-hmm. she was doing a lot of the teaching mm-hmm. and so it just made sense that she would be their leader mm-hmm. um, and then it became it became clear that we wanted it to go further. Mm-hmm. We were also finding that our reality with giving this um, this training to these dancers, we had limitations with the expectations of that. Right. 
right? And so, because of course, as a dancer, you think, well, I'm on scholarship there, which mm -hmm. means that they believe in me, which means I'm going to get a job there. That's just, it's not real realistic. No. Right. And even though we would do our best and maybe we just didn't, mm. we would, we would try to communicate from day one and then repeatedly mm -hmm. that you being in this scholarship program does not equal a job in the company because right. how many people are leaving in any given year? Right. Right. Has your growth been what it quote unquote needs to be to take that next step? Yeah. Like, those are all so many unknowns that, that we can't, we mm -hmm. can't guarantee any of that right. ever, right? Doesn't matter who you are. Right. Um, and so we felt the need because that expectation was just not something that we were meeting mm -hmm. for, for so many dancers that we really had to shift. And again, because we wanted to build the program, you could only build it so big within the evening program. Yeah. So we shifted it to the daytime yeah. and be, it became a tuition based program. Right. 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 So you pay to be in it. Yes. You have to audition to be in it. Yes. But now our um, with company members, there's a certain level of, I don't think you were dancing. No, it, it was a training program. No. Oh, I thought you were dancing no. with the company, like no. taking no. company class. No, no, no. no, no, no. It was no. its own thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Company class equals and then training program equals. Yeah. And okay. yeah. So, so because of that, because it really was very separate from the company. Got it. And because it was now no longer scholarshiped, where we had a certain expectation of who you were as yeah. a dancer. Right. Now we had our, we were able to open up sort of the parameters of how quote Got unquote it. skilled or mm -hmm. what you brought into, yeah. right. into the room. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, yeah, so that that shifted the program in itself. So yeah. absolutely, ideally, we wanted more mature dancers yeah. who had gone and sort of cut their teeth in post-secondary programs mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. independent life or however, yeah. and then said, yeah, I would like to continue this and with this jazz mindset and right. let's figure out what that means right. um, within sort of the philosophy of DJD. Let's kind of look at that. Um so that that sort yeah. of has has how the the training program has evolved from sort of its right. sort of genesis within the scholarship yeah. to what it is now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and there have there were a couple of years that we didn't offer it. Oh really? Because sort of speaking to what I said was just mentioning about with with post secondary that you need to have a certain integrity of your program right. because you are sending those dancers out into the world. Yeah. And so when we completed one of our audition tours, we just didn't feel that we had enough dancers mm. who would, because the program is a year long. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of growth that needs to happen in a year. And if yeah. you're not coming into the year with the, the certain mindset, yeah. with, um, facility and understanding of who you are as a mover that growth might only get started and now you're done and now you're off right. in the world saying right. oh yeah well i went to the djd training program mm. but you don't actually represent us right very well and that's no fault right of right. anybody's it's just it just was right yeah. so we just felt that there weren't enough dancers for a few years who 
would be able to come into the program in its short time frame to be able to then leave the program um, sort of with the feeling that like, yeah, I got right. that kind of right. thing. So we just didn't offer it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've offered it as, you know, we, we created these thing, a, a program called the Jazz Extension, which was right. sort of a more part-time type of a thing that sort of then would say, okay, well, be a part of the extension, which is a couple of daytime opportunities, but we fill your schedule out with existing programming within our evening classes. Yeah. And then maybe you'll be interested in, in auditioning for the, the full training program after a bit more right. time sort of cutting your teeth with the program with the style. with yeah. yeah with the the yeah. way that we sort yeah. of educate the way that your aesthetic might need to shift yeah. that yeah. kind of thing so CJD has had like a very specific aesthetic for a very long time you like have to be able to count music <laughs> <laughs> like it's always makes me laugh when we were just talking about this the other day about how like some people just can't count music and like a lot of people don't teach how to count music when you're in a studio right or anything but a four like a yeah, standard of course. Yeah, they can, like, like they can find that one but if you change that it's not an eight or a four it's like yeah, yeah. i mean five five four is well, that the thing it's just so funny we were just i was just talking about this with like because i at the studio one of the studios i teach at about like exercises to do with little kids and i was like always count with them because like so many and like I know, I mean, we're going to play ballet. We had to. Do, we alternated between music and art theory, so we had like a, a class where we literally would have to learn how to count music. But it's astonishing how many like university students just go in and they're just like, no, I just go to the lyrics, or like I just go to like the beat. And I'm like, so you think you can dance? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn, you Simon Cow. No, not Simon. Whoever the fucking so you think you can dance person is. But it it's such an interesting yeah. thing. Sorry. But no, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, our our aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so recently I've been doing, um, along with, um, you know, colleagues within DJD and outside of DJD, yeah. I've been having a lot of conversations about sort of what, what this jazz thing is right. and what it should be and what it has become right. in so many facets. Um, so, you know, I, I've started to get a little bit better about talking about what it is that we do. And I think right. at the end of the day, it is, it's a philosophy even more than an aesthetic. That's, I, I agree that it is for yeah. sure, but I think that it's also a philosophy. And because of that, it allows for the individual to shine a bit more than maybe kind of qualifying it so much as an aesthetic. Got it. Right? Because, so yes, there is an aesthetic, but I want you to find yourself inside of this rooted jazz dance philosophy. And when you say rooted jazz dance philosophy, you mean rooted in African dance Um, You know what? It's rooted in the Africanist aesthetic. Okay. Right? So yes, West African, Mm -hmm. but but we have to make sure that we understand that it's African-American. Right. Right. So, yes, absolutely. West African Mm -hmm. rhythm and dance is at jazz dance and jazz music's core. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't on American soil. Right. By Mm African-Americans. Right. And so the Africanist aesthetic is something that I try to emulate. I am a white woman. So, you know, I I can only take effort. Mm -hmm. Um, in honoring and understanding as much as I'm able to, but I will never be able to understand it in the same way. Um, 
And so, yeah, we, we, try, we try to make sure that we're looking at a grounded feel, mm -hmm. understanding polyrhythm, understanding um, the democracy that exists in jazz of the individual being as important as the group, right. understanding a sense of self and improvisation, you know? So there's all of these facets that we try and think about mm -hmm. um, within that rooted philosophy, within that Africanist aesthetic. Now, we are a concert jazz company. Yes. Right. And with that, if we look at who our founders were, who did have a more Eurocentric influence in addition to the Africanist influence, that is where we get that more concert style, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Right. Right. So that, you know, even my classes, I can't take away my European influences of right. ballet, of contemporary, of just being white, because mm -hmm. that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And my training was very European, mm -hmm. right? And so I try to do my best to prioritize the true foundational roots of jazz, but know that I can never completely erase the European influences right. in my practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that I feel that that is, you know, kind of where DJD is as a whole, mm -hmm. right? If I look at Kim Cooper's work, right. you know, same thing. She, she is a white woman in an African-American art form, mm -hmm. has done everything that she can to honor and understand, knowing that she can never fully understand it right. all. Right knows that her European aesthetic will have uh, have a place at the table, but knows that the Africanist aesthetic has priority, mm -hmm. right? Like, no, it, we, this will never, like the European side of things will never win out to the Africanist side of things. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so that, that's sort of where that philosophy exists, right? And so these other colleagues that I've been, been having conversations with, we all rest underneath that same philosophy, mm -hmm. but each one of us has our own individual style, right. Right. right? So you can look at this educator or this jazz company that might fall under that same rooted philosophy, but their work looks very different from like, or their class, let's say that, right. will look very different from my class, mm -hmm. but you can see how much they, they align. Totally. So that's, that's, that, and that's where the problem lies for so many young people coming in right. to whomever is kind of right. uh, engaging with this philosophy because there's so few of us who do. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> right. And so all of the dance studios out there who haven't a clue, yes. yeah. Who, yeah, with like the large parentheses around there. Um, yeah, like it, it's they just don't understand. And so then it's like this total battle um, yeah. to kind of prove yourself and to. I mean, talk about a cult. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I say that with a large laugh. I hope yeah. that reads on film or on on, uh, on on the air. But I think that, you know, there is such a mindset of where jazz comes from within mm -hmm. the dance studios. I was actually, so now that I'm here in Ontario, I, um, I was going insane 
at home with my children and my husband. And so I got a little job. And so I work um, just north of where I live. And um, it's just like this little farm market. It's lovely. You know, there's no stress. Again, they're only just starting to understand who I am as a, as a human in my other life. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I was on my lunch break with this young girl that I work with. And she is a dancer. She, mm-hmm. you know, she's in grade 12. And, um, and so somewhere along the line, somebody must've told her that I teach dance and so we were having our break together. And so she's like, so you teach, what do you teach? I said, well, I teach jazz. And then I, I, unfortunately, I always have this knee jerk whenever I say that I teach jazz to then qualify it with, but the jazz that I teach is more historically based and without missing a beat, she said, oh, so you mean like Fosse, right? And so she has been taught that mm-hmm. that's jazz history. That's what I was taught. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and Fosse is a part of yes. jazz history, but it doesn't start there. No, no, he was also working off of similar premises, right? Yes. Uh, and ideas? No. Well, who did he take them from? And who did he not give credit to? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, all of yeah. the, the so-called, you know, kind of fathers and yeah. founders of jazz, they, they all took from right. the African-American Community. communities yeah. and did not give that credit. Of course. Um, and so, you know, so then I ha- took, you know, I've practiced my 30 second elevator speech, you know, and said, well, actually, <laughs> and, uh, and her eyes were just the size of saucers because she'd never been taught that. And I was like, of course you haven't, because your teacher was never taught that. Right. Yeah. And then maybe potentially their teacher's teacher was never taught that or was of a time where you didn't talk about where that. you just didn't talk mm-hmm. about that or you qualified the contributions of African-Americans as old tiny of, or of, of a certain specific thing right? and not generation. understanding that, right. that mm. those contributions in that specific social setting, yeah. 100% informed yeah. the art form that we see today and still continue to, and still continue to. Yeah. So that's, that's the struggle for sure. And, and it's, you know, I mean, I, I personally am trying to do my little part, um, you know, honoring, again, my place in this whole large equation of jazz dance as mm-hmm. a white person. Um, and, I, and I try to do so with great respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished doing an online dance educators conference um, that was held for British Columbia mm-hmm. uh, dance teachers, like within their, their school system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just really talked about all of those things. Like we got up and moved because of course that was, you know, all those, well, and, and, you know, teachers conventions, they just want nuggets to take away. Right. So it's like, okay, well, I'll give you those, but you, I can't just give them to you without any understanding of where I'm coming from with this, because it's just perpetuating the problem. The problem. If I'm just giving you information, like Mm -hmm. movement ideas, Without any understanding, right? So That's exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, no, you need to understand the essentially the racism that has has been a part of this dance form, yep. So that we can do better because now we know better. Mm-hmm. 
right? So, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah and you know, and it's, it's time, right? right? We've, I mean, have those have those conversations really shifted about like cultural appropriation and jazz in the past 10 like, years? Oh, I would say, I mean, certainly even from, from George, George Floyd yeah. on. Oh, yeah. great. hundred percent. At least yeah. in my circles. Right. Yeah. Um, I, quite often. I mean, there was a time, you know, last summer, like last, last summer, yeah. um, where I was like, well, maybe I, I don't, maybe I should stop. Maybe I shouldn't be teaching mm, this. Maybe right. that's not my place anymore. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of realized that the people who are doing zero work and are not at all aware of the problem, are going to keep teaching. They are oblivious, yeah. and they will continue they to teach. Yeah. Of course. And so I thought, well, hang on. Why am I having this existential crisis when, <laughs> when I, I'm really I'm I'm trying my best and I'm not perfect at all. Yeah. Right. Um, I've made my mistakes and I have tried to correct them and I will continue to try and yeah. and do what's right. Um, but for those people to be completely oblivious and think, oh well, that's not this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. Well, then we'll like well hang on I have. I have to try to do my part in some way mm-hmm. to redirect the unknow the unknowing mm-hmm. um, and and try to direct some sort of conversation by opening up the conversation. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So it's tricky. It, yeah. It's yeah. So I mean, I would say even within the last year and a half, two years, these conversations have grown. Yeah. Right. Um, they there's always been sort of the the grumbling yes yeah, right yeah. or and that's the wrong word to use it's not a grumbling the the simmering yeah of a conversation that's under here totally. right um but i think that because we are a society who is willing to have the conversations um i think that there's just more of an appetite to ha- to embrace the conversation in in all facets right right not just in our society and how we're dealing with culture in general. Right. But now let's actually look at all of these little sub pockets right. of society. Totally. And, totally. And, and how can we ensure that we're doing right mm-hmm. and making sure. It's right? like much more integrated and much more, um, what's the word that they used? Intersectional than yep. you think it's not just like police brutality and violence it's like yeah how it's integrated into culture and arts and yeah right day to day yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. so yeah so it, I've, I've been teaching on tuesday nights and um at metro at metro, <laughs> metro <laughs> you lovely people thank you for having me um and so last week one of the one of the dancers who's been coming she kind of just was like it's just so hard <laughs> and she said i said oh I hope that that's good. And, she, and then somebody else said, yeah, hard is in taking away everything that I've ever learned ever about jazz. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. <laughs> because, because we're, I mean, I say this all the time. We are humans first, mm-hmm. right? And when we walk into the dance class, if we are coming into it with all of our specific and I'll say technical training, but when I say that, I mean the technical training that we've been told to believe only is credible if it's of ballet aesthetic or even contemporary dance aesthetic. Yeah. 
if we come into absolutely every single class with that mindset that it that participating with all of those um, modes of thinking and ways of executing movement, if that's like, oh, but I, I'm really good at this, and so I'm gonna put that into every single thing that I ever do, mm. that's wrong. Like that's not, you're not actually participating in anything other than a different time in a different place. You're mm. still doing the exact same right. class, you're still doing, right? So no, come into my class and leave your technical, your European technical training at the door. They can look in, right? Right, or put it in your back pocket. It's with yeah. you. It's never leaving you. But we are going to think about this in a different way. Right. We are going to um, be a hundred percent okay that jazz is a technique in of itself. Mm, yes. If you know, and thank you, um, you know, my colleague Pat Cohen down in the states, technique is just a system for mastering a skill. Notice that it didn't say ballet in that definition, no, right. right? And so for us, you know, whenever you say, oh, that dancer has good technique. What, technique what do we mean? About? What do we yeah. mean? We all know so what we quote now. unquote mean, yeah. right? And so you need to shift that. Totally. Mm -hmm. You can like qualify it to say, wow, that dancer clearly has strong ballet training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at, look at that dancer. Beautiful, great, mm -hmm. but that actually doesn't serve in every single in uh, every single situation. No, right? Totally. But we but we tend to kind of elevate that too much, mm -hmm. right? So it's, you just have to change it up. Totally. Um, I had another question, but like I guess it doesn't because you didn't teach jazz at the University of Calgary. I like wonder how hard it was to teach that type of jazz in an academic setting? It's the same as every other setting mm. because every other setting still has the same people attending as mm. it does in a university setting. Right. Right? So the same dancers who would come to my class at DJD who would say to me after class, do you have anything that has more chenets and chasses in it? <laughs> Literally never said that in my entire life. I never wanted to <laughs> They, they're going to be <laughs> right in that post-secondary class totally. because that's where they're coming from. Right. So, mm. you know, so I think, I think the beauty of jazz at the university university within the academic setting mm -hmm. is that there is time and curiosity for, for unearthing the truth. Right. At a class that somebody can either come to or not. They come to me and ask for more chenets and chasses, and then I never see them again. Mm. <laughs> right? Totally. So, so that at least, at least you, <laughs> you have a quote unquote captive audience at the university, right? right? You're like, people that are like paying you all are here. here. <laughs> you could fail, I suppose, right? But there's, <laughs> but it's also in, it, like the theory of any post-secondary institution is about that inquiry, about yes. the mature mindset of. Right mining through what you thought right. and now what you now know right mm -hmm. across faculties totally. right so Maybe so i think over like personal biases oh yeah mm -hmm. huge yeah yeah because we all have them totally we all have them 100 percent. 
right? So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, as I said, I think, I think jazz in a post-secondary institution is more important than a contemporary or a ballet because mm -hmm. there is way more undoing that needs to happen within that genre of dance than needs to happen in contemporary mm. or ballet. Right. Maybe not necessarily contemporary because hopefully contemporary, it's more of like the quote unquote, this is my term, the concert contemporary versus what the lyrical said? contemporary or the studio contemporary, yes. or the so you think you can dance okay. contemporary, yes. right? Okay. So like, for people that don't know concert dance just means um, how it's presented, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? So, you know, when you look at the U of C's faculty, you know, all of those, all of those artists right. took their work to the stage right. in a concert setting. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like Melanie Klotzel in, in non-traditional um, non yeah. traditional performance settings, right? right. But, yeah. but that's the beauty of a university program, right? Is mm -hmm. to kind of have those opportunities. Um, but yeah, jazz in that context, I think can, can really change lives mm -hmm. because of the unearthing mm -hmm. that, that is the potential to be done. So. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Am I asking? You asked me today. Yeah. <gasps> is being an artist fucking killing you? Well, I can't use that language because, you know, my kid might listen to this. But, um... And we're really posting it on the gram. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If on the gram you need me to say, um, I'm going to say that it's not. It's not killing me. Yeah. Um, today, how about we say that, right? Yeah, yes. Today it's not killing me. Has it in the past? Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because it needs to, to remind you that it's worth it. Right? Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks, Joanne. You're welcome. Hey. Thanks, ladies. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, if you want to let us know what you thought, leave us a message, send us a DM, send us an email, hit us up anywhere you stalk your ex. Thank you so much. Yeah, see you next week. Um, your class is on Tuesdays at Metro. And is, yeah. is it a session or is it drop-in? It's mm. drop-in. Cool. Beginner level at 6, inter-advanced at 7.30. Ooh. Cool. Amazing. Yay. And go check out Joanne's class. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Thank you. <laughs>